the Are You Spiritual podcast. I'm Jasmine Milani. And I'm Jenny Martin. We're two friends who met in a meditation teacher training course and have been talking about spiritual self-care ever since. And these discussions are why we're here. Let's get spiritual. All right. We have an exciting, exciting topic to tackle today. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I am. It's it's funny because it always seems like things are so simple and so direct. And then the minute we start like unboxing them, they become much more, I don't want to say complex, but like more involved. And there's like more questions. Which is exactly why, as you said, our conversations meander. <laughs> <laughs> they do. So today we wanted to tackle um, the idea of where to start when you want to get a reading for some of our listeners, you have probably had some kind of reading, whether it's a tarot reading or um, a psychic reading at some point in your life. But for some of our listeners, maybe you haven't. And maybe that seems like something you're curious about, but can be a little overwhelming, I think, to figure out, well, what kind of reading I want to have, how to find a reader and who's a legit reader. Yes. And uh, kind of where to get started with that. So um, both of us have had our fair share of readings <laughs> and we figured we would give you some tips and tricks on how to tackle spiritual reading. I also think just talking about our experiences with readings is really, at least in, from my perspective, the main the main goal that I have going into this one is talking about the ones that we've had. And I, even even going back to having said, finding a legit reader, I think what it all comes down to is, is really, it's maybe not so much even about what information you get back from them, but what they unlock inside of you in this reading. I know that sounds a little vague and cryptic, but I just feel like Maybe there is a lot of pressure on who's a real reader, who's not. And I think it's just kind of towing the line of finding somebody that's really out for your best interest versus the money. Sorry to sidetrack there, but I guess that's that's <laughs> I look back at a lot of my readings and I recognize that maybe there weren't a lot of tangible outcomes that came from what I learned. But there was a lot of clarity that came from what I from what I went through. So go well, ahead. I think you're drawn you're drawn to that person for a certain reason. And, you know, it's funny because I am someone who actually does readings. So I think it's very interesting because sometimes people will come to me and and I've done this as well, where they don't want to give you any validations because they're sort of still being suspicious, for mm -hmm. lack of a better word. However, as someone who does readings um, and I'm moving more into this now, I'm picking out you know, images that I'm seeing, sometimes people will come through, sometimes um, a song will play. I know other people that do readings that will smell things. So if you're, I don't smell things, so I'm going to use that one. But like, for example, if you smell cigarette smoke and then the reader says to the person being read, I'm, I'm smelling cigarette smoke. And if the reader, the person being read knows that their mother smoked two packs of cigarettes a day, that's probably her, but doesn't say anything. It's really difficult when you're on the other side of that. I Can guess you expand saying, on that a little more? Yeah, I, I think, I feel like I started in the middle of a story. <laughs> I started at the beginning. <laughs> um, I, I guess let's let's roll it back. Let's roll it back. Because I, I just want to say, uh, as we get into like what actual readings can be, um, that my suggestion is if you decide that you want to get a reading, I highly suggest you find referrals. Yes, that's that's number one. I just want to say, like, if you can go to someone, if you know someone who's had an experience with this person that would and, and it was something that was helpful to them and beneficial to them, that would be my first suggestion. I would hesitate to suggest 
Not that there's anything wrong with this, but I would hesitate to suggest going for your first reading to someone who maybe has a sign in their window or uh, someone you don't know, um, someone who might be in a high traffic area, just trying to get people in the door. I would just suggest you avoid that for your first few readings until you kind of understand how it works. So we really didn't plan on doing it this way. But so when I am working with a client and I do Reiki and I also do readings, the way I operate a lot of times is I use their chakra energy system and things will start to come up. However, I do also see and hear and get information from different sources. It's important when you get a reading to allow the reader to read you <laughs> and to be open to that. And um, there are people in the past who are so good at reading people's faces and reading you know, all this body language that they can, without the read E, um, responding to them, they can tell if they're getting into a delicate area or they're getting close. I work with my eyes closed most of the time, so I have no idea. So um, <laughs> those kind of validations along the way really do help the reader. I think that's, I think you touched on a good point at the beginning of this though, is that people don't want to validate because they don't want to give any quote unquote clues or guide, lead them into how they're being read. And right. it, it's, I think that there are a lot of people that go into a reading very suspicious and I, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I just think that society has kind of gotten us to a place where you think that somebody who's doing a lot of these types of readings, you know, in the mainstream walk of life that they're out to scam you that they have to know like they're a magician they have to have some tricks up their sleeves they're doing something uh sketchy behind your back to find these answers to a quiz that you never signed up for <laughs> and it's a very different world when you start looking at a lot of spiritual healers who do do readings and i guess i'm just hoping that that's some of the stuff that we can um provide in this conversation is that there are a lot of really intuitive people who have a a really good craft. And I don't know if craft is a word that you would want to use for that. Um, there are, are really good at what they do. And yeah. if you allow it, it can bring a lot of really good clarity to your life. Absolutely. I Let's do. Let's talk about why you would go for, to get a reading. Maybe that kind of like, like for, for different there's always the relationship. That's kind of the biggest one, you know, like being unclear about your relationship or being unclear about things. But it really, whether it's the future or a relationship or a job, you're seeking deeper clarity. So one thing that I wanted to thought would be a good way to kick this off is for both of us to talk about our first reading that we had, what type of reading it was, Ooh. why we sought it out. And really what we gained from it. Our first reading? Yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, do you want to go first? No, I want you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do also want to say, though, I want to really reiterate the point you made about referrals. And I kind of lead with the mindset of you don't find a reader, the reader finds you. And that's right. That's really and I think in this day and age too, like you can get a, a a friend referral, a person to person referral, but so many people are on Instagram and that's a great way or YouTube or Facebook. And that's a great way to watch them live and see how they interact with people and see if that's something that you're interested in and see if you're feeling like they're vibing with you. So always, if you can get a little bit of background, but yes, you are drawn to in the best of all possible worlds, you are drawn to the right person for you. Like my my clients come to me for what I can offer them. And I'm assuming just like I go to people for different things, they go to other people for different things. Um, so my first reading, I don't know if this is my first reading, but this is the one that I remember most. I was going to college in San Diego and I was, I must've had, I must've been coming back from work and I had some, I worked as a waitress, so I had money. And I think I was driving down the eight in San Diego. And there's like this hotel circle kind of area where they do a lot of conventions and stuff like that. 
and there was like a psychic fair like and I just remember just pulling off the road and going without really thinking about it and I sat down with this woman sorry I need to just get a visual of psychic fair I'm thinking like a <laughs> farmer's market but every booth is a psychic oh, god that would have been so nice no it was yes and no except imagine a hotel like you know ballroom kind of thing or like not even a ballroom like a convention room at a hotel it was like that with a bunch of tables with different people yeah it was really oh interesting and you just yeah. went to the one that spoke to you that's all I can give you right now. I don't remember <laughs> why I picked her. I don't. I would say she was probably not that much older than me at the time. She was a kind of a younger woman. I can't tell you what the reading or why you chose her, I guess, is what's interesting to me. She's Unclear. Dealing with Okay. <laughs> maybe she didn't have I mean, anyone else at her booth know, at the time. Maybe, the she, was short. maybe she was the one that I could afford. Maybe she was the one that had... I could see, I don't remember why I picked her. I, okay. I haven't, and I don't really remember what was in that, except in the very end, she looked at me and she said, you can do this. And I was like, do what? She's like this readings. She's like, you can do this. And I was kind of, you know, I've always been kind of awake and asleep until the last few years to what my capabilities were in this area. And it's funny because I called her. She actually gave me her number and she was like, if you need help with this, you know, you can call me. And I did. And I remember calling her going like, I don't know what to do. And this nice, she had a bunch of roommates they had to go get her. She was like, I don't really know what to tell you, honey, because I wasn't asking any direct questions, you know, like how do I become a psychic or how do I learn to read tarot cards? I was just like, I don't know what to do with all this. So that was a very, I still remember that reading because it was an, it, because for me, it was another validation. Like you do see things, you do know things. And it came at a very, a very early time for me. So that was my first reading. What's yours? Um, <laughs> so my first reading was an Akashic record reading. Whoa. And yeah, it was, uh, it was big and it was a referral from a friend very trusted friend and she had had an amazing reading done. And so I was at a point in my life where I, my husband at the time had left. My marriage was, you know, done. Everything that I thought I knew about my life and my path forward had the rug pulled out underneath it. So I was at what I, you know, back to square one in terms of what am I doing with my life? And so there was a lot of confusion, a lot of feeling lost. I wouldn't say that I went into anything feeling very um, vulnerable in terms of being susceptible to being guided to, you know, the wrong place or anything like that. And I think that's important to know because I know we've talked about different cults and the way that cults or groups that become very toxic that really prey on people in very vulnerable times in their lives. And I think that that's that's the thing to note on when it comes to seeking out readings of sorts. Um, I don't think that's usually the gateway into stuff, but I think just knowing that that's that time and place of where you are in your life can really put you on a couple different forks in the road. Um, but anyway, I went into this Akashic record reading, having zero clue what an Akashic record reading actually was um, still not sure I could give a clear definition of it. <laughs> I, the, the way that the way that I, I hear what you have to say, and then I think I can give you a basic definition. The way that I was uh, that I understood it at going into this was that it's almost like you're channeling um, your guides and guardians, and you're seeing this blueprint of your life. You're seeing different things in your life, and I just have this visual of, as they said, a blueprint of your life. It's all there what what your life is um but we i think have talked multiple times about the idea of like fate versus free will and i think that that can get kind of murky in that discussion um anyway i went into this knowing that i should come with a list of questions and they can be very specific and ask these questions i was very nervous about it but very excited and i just wanted to know different things about you know maybe the ending of my marriage maybe 
different people in my life, different roles that they played. So a lot of the questions that I had were talking about, I mean, it was just questions about the different people that I was surrounding myself with the, um, I, a lot of, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm fumbling here. I'm just like thinking back on how this all went down. And I just remember saying, you know, I would give a name, wouldn't give any information, but I would just give a name and I would say, this person, tell me about them. And they would, and she would give me this information that just seemed to make so much sense to me. There was somebody that I had been finding myself, you know, that would weave their way into my life multiple times. And this was, you know, a potential love interest. And she said, no, this, this person, this person's always going to be in your life in different way, shape or form. But this is not somebody who's ever going to commit to you long-term. She talked about, um, you know, I asked, are there any situ or any people in my life that, you know, I should remove myself from? And she said, she said, yeah, but that one's a little bit tricky. That one's your mother. And I was like, oh, well, that's heavy, but that's also interesting. Like, so it was, she just gave me, you know, like a lot of information about this is what you're learning from this person. This is what they're doing in your life. And this is how you can navigate this. And it brought me so much clarity. And I don't know how to really explain it. It was just, again, I was at a very, very lost point. So at the end of the day, could all of this have been stuff that just made me feel better? But none of it was necessarily good or bad news. None of it was anything that I walked away saying, oh, she made this up or she made this up. Like it, a lot of it was just stuff that really cleared the muck in the life that I was living. It was clearing out you know, how I was viewing different relationships in my life rather than taking them for what they were. It was clearing out questions that I had. And it just kind of, it really set me in my own power to have ownership over my own life, if that makes any sense. And I think one of the other, um, some of the big takeaways that in that point in time, you know, I remember being at really wondering are our, our children part of my future? And so for those types of questions, I was, I asked him, am I going to have any children? And she said, they don't want you to know that right now. And I thought to my, you know, this, the sus, the suspect part of me said, oh, that's, that's interesting. That seems like an easy cop out answer. Um, but at the end of the day, I was so grateful for that response, whether it was something that she just made up on the spot or whether it was something that, you know, really is coming from a higher power. I was so grateful for that answer because I knew if she had said, yes, you're going to have, you know, so many kids or you're going to have one child. I knew that at any point in time after that, every single person that I got involved with or every way in which I led my life was going to revolve around that little nugget of information. And I, I don't know. I'm just very grateful that, that that was the response that I got for that type of question. And that question seemed very heavy at the time, but also very important to me. And um, yeah, it just, it, it brought me so much clarity. It was a real wow experience for me. Yeah. And I do think a lot of it had to do with the place that I was in my life and the way that I was viewing different people in my life and wondering what is my next step. Um just I the way that she talked about all the different names that I gave her really outlined the relationships that I had with all of these people in such a such a defined way that it was wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like she really affirmed some things that might have been kind of deep down. But you exactly. hadn't really um, you hadn't really wanted to bring them into your present consciousness. And um, with the kids, you know, you have to always remember, like, free will is still a part of our life. You know, like you can go off your life blueprint. Right. <laughs> you can, you know, and I wouldn't suggest it because <laughs> that's when things can kind of um, then you're functioning outside of like, I'm not going to go into that. But it, but you you can you there is free will. You can make decisions at every point in the way and make choices. 
so that's that's really interesting. And and one of the ways that I've heard the Akashic Records described, so you're talking about this lifetime, which is really interesting. But when I work with the Akashic Records, what I see is like a library. And the way I look at it is like your soul is the star in all the books in the library. But that soul may look very different. You know, and all, you know, you as the lead character could be very different in any one of these. So she was reading um, this lifetime for you. Well, and I I think a lot of that, um, well, (laughs) I think a lot of that had to do with the questions that I was asking. I also, there was something about my past life and she did talk about how, you know, in a, in a past life, and it was really interesting because it, um, it resonated with how I had operated in romantic relationships previously, but she had mentioned that in a past life, I was a man who left my wife and children and took off, started a new life. But the guilt and the shame that I felt from that situation has carried with me and that I put myself in situations for the re- or I put myself in relationships to where they end not on my terms because I feel like I need to punish myself for that past situation. And I mean, this is getting really deep here, but that was something that was just mind blowing for me. And just again, whether it was whatever it was that she said in that conversation unlocked something in me that gave me the ability to step into my power. And it gave me the ownership and the accountability behind my actions that I didn't feel I previously had. There was a lot of power that came from that conversation. It's like a perspective shift. Completely. Yeah. And I think that's why that's aside from knowing like, am I going to meet the person I love? Am I going to get this job? That really is the benefit of getting different readings there. Mm -hmm. And and, and for the topic of this particular conversation, we're going to kind of even though healing is involved, we're kind of taking healers out of this and talking about readings. But that doesn't mean that if you go to see someone like me who does Reiki, who's an energy healer, that they're not reading you on some level. We're right. just kind of confining this topic to to people who, you know, would call themselves like psychic readers. Or I also want to say, I did remember I had another reading right around that time. I forgot about it. I went for my birthday and I don't know which one's first now, but I would say probably the other one is first, but I don't remember. And I did go to one of, I think this is why I'm always like, be very careful about the people who advertise the Mm. psychic readings by the side of the road, because I don't remember if we talked about it, but she was the one that was like, yeah, you have a curse and you're going to have to buy these candles and these candles are $20 and you know, I'm innocent and broke. So I'm like, well, can't I buy candles? Like if it's the candle, she's like, no, no. And I don't know how I got out of that situation because it was, it started to really turn. And I really would like to get the message out to anybody that has an experience like that. Get out. Don't give them your money. Don't give them your PayPal. Don't give them your Venmo. (laughs) Get out, get some fresh air, get some breath. You don't need candles. You can get energy attached to you and some people can help you rid of that, but you can do that yourself. Can we even talk about the fact that they said you have a curse? Because I feel as though you and I both know anybody worth getting a reading with will never tell you that you have a curse. They may not tell you the news that you want to hear, but they're never going to provide any sort of information that I feel like you could ever even call bad information. Again, they might tell you stuff you don't want to hear, but the stuff that you're, the knowledge that you're going to get. Yeah. And and actually it's it's stuff to work with. I mean, I know that it's stuff to work with. It's like a weather forecast. It's, you know, hurdles that you're going to come up, but it's, that's a life. Bad stuff happens in life, but none of this is saying like, uh, they shouldn't be giving you doom. They should not. They shouldn't be, be you scaring do. you. And I think that was the thing. I was feeling scared. So, so okay. So when I do see those kind of things, I will see energy attachments. You will see um, connections that are not serving you. And then you know w- we can work together to sever those things to release those attachments. Um, but yeah, that was actually now that I'm remembering it. That was kind of it was kind of a scary experience because. 
because they made it seem like I was stuck like this and and that there were only people that could help me. And yeah, that's how cults get started. Well, cults and also also people who just end up giving hundreds their money. of thousands of dollars to people who say that they can heal them. And yeah. And and by the way, we're not talking about healing, but just to talk about healing, just remember the the person being healed does the healing. Yes. That that's the person. So just just remember and we'll talk about healing another time because that's that's a big one. Well, and it's interesting you make the, you know, the distinction between the two, because to me, and I know that there is a deeper layer of healing, but these readings were very healing for me. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, it was all work I I did with the information that I gathered. Um, But yeah, I do think that's nice to point that out, those two differences. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about psychic readings. And I guess the other kind of readings Now, again, we had a little bit of discussion with this before, but in general, I would say your entry level readings would be um, something where someone calls himself a psychic, or maybe you want to do a tarot reading or an astrology reading. So um, we'll save astrology for last, but um, a tarot reading, have you ever done a tarot reading? I actually have not. I've done the Akashic record reading. I've done... um, past life regression. I've done an aura reading, which was very great. I've had my aura read too. Where did, how did you get your aura read? It was through a referral, a friend of a friend. And I had the reading done right after COVID hit, which was really interesting being That's in quarantine. That's when I got mine too, right before COVID hit. Oh, mine was right after. And again, I had no idea, just like with the Akashic record, no idea what an aura reading looked like. Uh, I still, again, not entirely sure that I'm going to describe this in the best way. But um, from what I understand, and you can enlighten me here, there are different types of aura readings. I know there's a lot. It's all a lot about color. The way that my reader did her reading is she she saw things as a rose and the petals mm-hmm. and they all represented different things and they were all different colors. So different layers as she kind of peeled them back. The big takeaways that I had from, she talked to some about past lives. So when you talked about the Akashic record, you thought being more about past lives, it was interesting because she did refer to things about past lives in my reading. But one of the things that if we're looking at kind of tangible outcomes here that always stands out to me from this was I was at a point Right before COVID hit, I had talked about looking at doing a meditation teacher training course. And there was a studio in Chicago that was local to me that I had never been to to meditate, but I knew they, I wanted to start getting into that, you know, find a meditation community after listening to, um, you know, the Den's podcast. And knowing that I was so far from the den itself, I said, I need to find my local Chicago meditation studio. And there was a place that was doing a meditation teacher training and they were doing, um, I had just about signed up for this. Actually, no, this, sorry, this is just reminding me this happened. They were, okay, so this was right after COVID hit, but they, I was just going into this reading. I was going back and forth communi- uh, email-wise with the contact at the meditation studio about the teacher training program. So I was just about to put money down to sign on for their training. And obviously, right at the beginning of quarantine, no one knew what was happening or how long this was going to go. And in the reading, I had asked, especially knowing that we were all on lockdown, I had asked, should I do this meditation teacher training? Should I sign up for this? And the response that I got was, if you want to go ahead and do it, it's there's nothing that, you know, nothing bad that could come from it. However, there is the potential for another program down the line that you're going to get so much more out of if you wait. And so, yeah. So she said, (laughs) she said, there's nothing that you, you know, if you want to do this, do this by all means, like you're going to learn a lot. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. She said, but there is the potential again it's it's kind of rolling the dice there is the potential for another program to come that you might get a lot more from and then sure enough six months later eight or eight months later the den rolls out their virtual meditation teacher training we're all still pretty much in quarantine (laughs) and 
I met you. I met so many amazing people. And it was just that door unlocked to that studio that I really feel connected to. And I know I was meant to be at that training. So it was really interesting to see. And I didn't think about that. I just ended up saving my money because I was without a job after COVID hit and was thinking this is not the time for me to go into this training. And I'm just really grateful that she even acknowledged that because I think I would have easily put down the payment for that teacher training and it would have all unfolded very differently. And we wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Who knows? We were destined to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true. Um, did um, she tell you what your aura color were, was or how she does it? Does it keep going and changing and she's like was, reading it as it moves or the petals were all different. So That's there was no what there was one. There was no one color, which um, I thought was interesting. Yeah, now I mentioned it. I might actually have to go back and look at some notes. Maybe there was an overall like beginning color of the rose that she started with. I would love to know. Yeah, I'll check. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I am a big fan of, um, and I have to remember to put this in the notes. I'm a big fan of an aura reader called Mystic Michaela, and she has a great podcast called Know Your Aura. And I think this was right before the podcast, but somehow I had, oh, (laughs) she was on Real Housewives in the epic (laughs) scene (laughs) with Megan King Edmonds. And she's the aura reader that was on that. Anyway, (laughs) I don't remember if that's how I found her or not, but I had been following her for a while and she's just booked forever. And she will occasionally post a time in like two days. And it happened that I just happened to be online, like right after they posted it, I had gotten my tax return. So I had the cash and I, and I got this and, and, not not for nothing. I also had time off that day. I had already planned to drive up north. So I knew I was going to be in my car during this time and all the stars aligned. And this was right before we went into lockdown. And it was just so affirming for me. Um, she said a lot of things about the people in my life. She read the very close people in my life. But the thing that I took away from it was like, you should have a practice. You should be doing this full time is what she told me. And I think that was such a strong affirmation for me. And I really needed someone to see me and validate that at a time when I was so I was starting to wake up. I think I was Reiki one and two by then. And I was starting to realize that that this was where my happiness and my contentment and my potential lay. But I never would have had the courage like a year later, basically say, I'm going into this. And that was so affirming to me. And I am still in contact um, with them. I email them from time to time. They're absolutely, it's a couple, she and her husband kind of operate their business, but she's the reader. And they're just really lovely people. And I think that also made me feel like this isn't so weird. This isn't the world of um, Ouija boards and taking your money and cursed candles. Actually, a lot of us have been looking for a way to share this because this is the thing that we can do that not everybody can do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can't fix my car, (laughs) you know, but I can do this. So I think that is also one thing to just kind of put out there is like, if you're really being called to a reading and you do your due diligence, it may not be a life-changing moment, but it may be a perspective shift that ends up changing your life. Exactly. Yeah. So my question for you about the aura reading was, did you go in with questions again? I think that was something I was always curious about, um, before I always am curious about before going into any readings is how much and maybe this is just dependent on, you know, your mood at the time. But how much do you go into a reading with I want to know answers about this versus read me? Tell me what you have for me. (laughs) I think I'm more of a read me person unless I've come in with something. Did you Um, with your aura reading, though, go in with a bunch of questions or was I was so curious about my aura. (laughs) I really wanted to know what my aura colors were. What color did she give you? I'm indigo purple. 
So indigo, yeah, indigo. That sounds like a very enlightened color to have with purple being as spiritual of a color as it is. Yeah. Well, in auras, the way, and it's interesting to me because I'm I'm always curious about how other people do it because she's really kind of the only aura reader that I know or that I've know of. Did she take a picture? I sent her pictures. No, does she take a picture with your aura? Have you ever seen those kinds I've of readings? I've seen those and she is kind of eh, 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 on that. Um, but no, I sent her pictures. You know, I don't remember having any real questions at the time, but there were a lot of very intense life events happening then. Um, I think also my marriage was in the process of disassembling. My mom was very ill. I was deeply unsatisfied in my job, but it was you know, supporting me and my son. And I think probably what I wanted was like, how is this going to pan out? (laughs) How is this going to, you know, I, um, I also don't think it's a great idea to go to a psychic for an answer to a big question. I think you need to kind of have an idea of where you lay or. Right. I agree. You need some self, uh, some stake in, how you, yeah. you, so I you think need if you're some, asking a psychic if you should marry someone, maybe, <laughs> maybe yes. take a few minutes before you get there to think like, if I'm asking, maybe this isn't the right person or the right time. Um, so or I even guess I think if I'm you're going open. in, I also think if you're going in hoping for a specific response, I, you know, I feel you're setting yourself up for uh, disappointment as well. And I think just the whole idea of just being very open to what you might receive back is very key, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you may want to hear all really great things, but I think that you want to make sure you're keeping your mind open to what you what you actually are going to receive. And I think I'm not always looking for a reading. I don't know about you, but like I'm not always on the hunt for a reading. So when I'm called to do a reading, it's usually for some kind of, there's a reason, you know, when I did the, when we were talking about past life regression before, when I did the past life regression, it was sort of this kind of big question that I was like, maybe you can help me answer this question. Sorry. Can you go back to what maybe the question might've been? Uh, just too personal. Of, no, I'm just well, No, that's fine too. But I guess <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm wanting to clear, <laughs> clear the confusion behind you saying, don't go into a psychic reading for a big question. <laughs> and then- um, so like, no, what's the difference in this? It it is. Yes. Thank you. It was a difference because, um, first of all, so I live a lot of my life thinking like if something comes to me, there's a a meaning, there's a reason. So I had heard about, uh, this past life, uh, regression guide and really great things. And I thought, well, that would be interesting. I haven't really done that. And I would like to see what that's about. And then, of course, before we actually went there, I, the only thing that was coming up for me at the time was what we talked about earlier. And I'm going to try not to get emotional about it, but it's, it's this feeling of being disconnected from people and places. And it's, it's, for me, it's a little tricky because I'm adopted, because I don't have a big family. I just, I have a hard time feeling like I belong. Right. And so, um, which is not something that I like struggle with on the daily. You know what I mean? It's not at the forefront of my mind. I, you know, I persist, I go on, I have a life, but it is something that I felt was worth exploring, worth exploring and a little unusual. And like, why am I even thinking about this now? So, so that is a very different than just going in with a big question of what should I do? So I think, I think, I guess the way that I'm trying to, and I'm not trying to cut you off on, describing this story if you want to go further, but I'm trying to just clarify going in, looking for a, if, if you're at the fork in the road, this was not a situation where you're going in at a fork in the road. This is a situation where you're looking for some more information. A deeper deeper meaning, you know, like what is the deeper understanding of it? And I wasn't really planning on telling this, but this is, this is what happened. So I do the past life regression And we can go more in detail about how that works, but they take me to this past life that I was not expecting. And I was a small child and all I could see were mud. The first thing they do is kind of you you look at your feet, um, which gives you a lot of information when you think about it, like what era you're in, like if you're wearing shoes or no shoes and 
if you're a male or a female, your age, you know what I mean? Like it's a really kind of smart way to, to hone in. So I was looking at my feet. I realized that I'm a small child. I'm covered in mud and long story endless. What I kind of come to is the fact that as a small child in this bygone era, everyone around me was lost in like a mudslide. And uh, in that lifetime, I survived for just a couple of days as a small child after losing, you know, every familiar being to me. And also that those uh, people at in that lifetime probably tried to protect me and were the reason that I survived. They didn't know that they were all going to perish. So That's it doesn't really powerful. answer. Yeah, it doesn't really answer any questions, but it made me feel like, well, I can see how that kind of aloneness could follow a soul right. through lifetimes, just like your um, man that left his family. You know, th- those kind of intense things affect our soul and then we carry them through. Which a whole other episode can be about how you cut those cords and how you don't carry those. Or maybe just by acknowledging them, you take the air out of the sails. And now this mystery is no longer a mystery. And I feel like that is really what happened after that reading. Surprisingly, I felt a lot lighter. And I realized, yeah. And at the end of it, what he said to me, and I wonder if you had this experience too, but at the end of it, he said something to the effect of like, well, now, you know, so now you get to choose. Yeah. And that really stayed with me, you know, like now I really do get to choose because now I perhaps know the genesis or the origin of this disconnected feeling. So do I want to stay disconnected? And for some reason, it made me feel less attached to whether I'm connected or not. (laughs) And just to be it was a powerful shift. It was I we before we talked on this, I, I told you that reading was probably one of the most powerful shifts that happened to me last year. And it might be why I started to feel like I could create something to put out in the world and be connected to someone else. And we could do something like this podcast together. And that's amazing. Yeah. So do we want to talk about, okay, so we have decided to um, bypass Crystal Corner and um, to share together what we would like to call, maybe we'll call it our cool person of the week. (laughs) Yes. And this is um, really our last, uh, our last reading to discuss too, because we didn't, we haven't yet touched on this type of reading. Um, We haven't. And I will say we I sort of mentioned tarot cards earlier. Maybe we'll talk about them later. But I would say even those those do do a reading. They're also a divination tool. So maybe we'll talk about like pendulums and tarot cards and stuff at another time. And we could probably do a whole episode on tarot alone. Um, Yeah. But yes. So our cool person of the week is Andy Bellotti. And you actually introduced him to me. Um, he is an astrologist and yes. I don't know. So he has his website and everything is astrology with Andy. So you can find him on all platforms. I'm pretty sure under astrology with Andy. We've both had readings with him. I've had multiple. We've had multiple readings with him. I've had two. I've had two. Well, he's read me. Well, actually, I guess maybe more because he's we've also asked him a lot of questions <laughs> along the way of when to actually um, debut this podcast. And that's one of the great things about astrologers, because one thing astrologers do is they look at dates and times and the planets. So they can kind of give you very specific, maybe not whether or not you should marry this person, but like whether when you should have your wedding, when you should you know, auspicious times and lesser auspicious times. So one thing Andy really uh, focuses on that I love about him is that there is no such thing as good or bad astrology. So even mentioning, you know, when I should have my wedding, he was very, very careful to say that if you have your wedding at a time that is not astrologically positive, 
it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. You just may have some hurdles that come up. You just may have some unforeseen uh, circumstances that come into play. And that's what I love about him is that he really can make you feel good about <laughs> things in your life that seem hard. Yes. And some of the birth, uh, so I've done the birth chart and the forecasting uh, year ahead, which is really about 18 months ahead. And there's been some really amazing information in there. There's a lot of stuff that he told me that similar to your past life uh, regression, it gave me some clarity as to why I feel a certain way about certain things and maybe why I interact with different uh, circumstances in my life in a certain way. And a lot of it has to do with the placement of the planets during the time that I was born. And for anyone who doesn't know how a uh, birth chart reading works, it's not just your what sign are you? It's much more in depth. It's about the place and time of which you were born and where all the planets were at that place and time. And it's very intricate. And I love it. I love Andy's astrology. Right. So if you've never, for those of uh, of us who maybe have never had a chart, you can definitely go online. Um, Everyone has a place. chart. You may have not had your chart read. <laughs> right. Thank you. Um, but just so you can kind of you you would need your pl your place of birth and your exact time. And then you can see where all of the planets were in the sky when you were born. And then the planets are divided into different houses. I mean, I'm sorry, the space in the sky is divided into different houses and all of those houses have meanings and all of the planets have meanings. And so while while we can all like go online and put in our information and get kind of a generic um, if Saturn is in this house, you know, you will be like this. Um, and, and that I think is a great start, you know, like I love all those, um, big astro books of like your match and everything, but what's different is when you go to a, uh, astrologist is they're distilling a lot of this information for you. They're going into like the actual angles where your planets were at certain times. And they're interpreting it for you. And a lot of them are intuitive. I love Andy. I love him. And I can't recommend him highly enough. However, I just want to also say there are a lot of great astrologists out there. So if you find someone that's closer to your price point or closer to you, and you're thinking like, I kind of want to know a little bit about myself and maybe where I'm going in the next few years, I think astrology is a really great way to start. For example, we were talking like one example, and I don't remember what planet or what house, but one of the things he said to me was, you really want your work, your the people you work with to feel like family. And that really is so important to me. I'm not the kind of person that can work in a generic situation. I, I, I end up loving my coworkers and I'm usually friends with them for a long time after. So just kind of helped me understand that a little bit more about myself. And then it made more sense as I was moving forward with starting my my own practice, like people that come into my life are going to, I'm going to need them to feel like my family. So that's kind of how I look at people. Like, can you be, can, can you be my family? Like, can I deal with you? You don't have to be perfect. We don't have to live together. But like, can I love you that way? I think one of the things that I particularly feel drawn to Andy for is the fact that he is really good at breaking things down into layman's terms. Absolutely, um, yeah. Astrology can get very, very confusing and very, very specific. And not only does he give you the recording of your reading to go back to and revisit, but he, he just the way that he talks about astrology is very easy to digest. And I really appreciate the way that he delivers information. And I if anyone's looking to book a reading with them, um, I encourage you to check out his blog on his website, astrologywithandy.com too, because he's had some really amazing things to say in his blogs the past couple of years that we've all been able to watch play out. He does a lot of um, forecasting for just the world or the United States as you know, you can read charts for a place, for a country, for um you know, all sorts of different things besides just a birth chart and our birth chart for a human, I should say. 
Um, but he's had some really interesting things to say. And I think that uh, he's had some really factual examples come up that all fall in line with planetary alignments that he's spoken to. And it's just, it's like I said, it's like a forecast. You're able to see what you, what you're coming up against. Yeah. And it makes uh, times that may seem more challenging make a lot more sense because you know that one, this transit's happening for a specific point in time. Things aren't always going to feel this hard. But also, if I know that this is happening, I might navigate it differently. I might recognize that this is here for this particular reason. And these are the ways that I can make things a little bit easier right now until this planet moves out of my chart. Um, or however that works. That may not be exactly how it happens. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I yeah. So he's our cool person for the week and we'll put his information in the show notes also. But yes, we will. Great reading to start with. A gateway uh, yeah. reading, if you will. I do. I do. I think astrology is a really good because it just gives you some more insight into yourself. So um, as always, we will probably revisit this again in some other way capacity, but as always, um, listen to your own heart. And if someone feels off, they're listen. off. Yeah, they're off. And um, and don't break your bank trying to get a reading again. If it doesn't feel right financially for you to be doing it, maybe it's no. Not. And I, I, you know, also like there are people like me who actually take classes <laughs> where we learn how to read people. And I am a hundred percent sure that if if it's financially something that's challenging to you, that you can find like legitimate people that will tr- practice. And, you know, and you can start there. Um, yeah, I think if you're drawn to a reading, you should get one. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I love you so much. Um, please follow us wherever you follow us. Please send any comments, questions. My One of my drama teachers used to say comments, questions, and snide remarks. You can send <laughs> to the Are You, Spir- uh, Are you Spiritual podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the RU Spiritual Podcast and joining us on this journey. Please like, subscribe, share with friends, and write us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have any questions, thoughts, or episode topic ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at ruspiritualpodcast at gmail.com. 